Good evening, everybody. Good, good evening. Or perhaps morning or afternoon. Not sure when you're listening to this. No, only evening. Only <laughs> if it's another time of day, please save this for later. This is an evening podcast. Do you listen to most of your podcasts in the evening? Oh, no, no. Mostly during the day. Okay. Mine are like first thing in the morning and that's it. Like, I usually go for walks and while I'm working, yes. I turn them on. Do you speed them up at all? No, I should. Do you suppose this is being sped up by somebody somewhere in this crazy mixed up world? It's probably being sped up by my wife while she listens. Hey, Lauren, <laughs> I hope you like this one. Right. Andrew, you know I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> if you don't, that's your prerogative. You're your own like- person. <laughs> I got to say, when it comes to this movie, all I can say is, ooh, 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 ooh. Oh. 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 Have I told you that the first movie is one of my favorite movies? Have I, have I said that? Oh, my God. You gushed about it. You I, did a whole I, darn gush. I expressed on how it's one of my favorite movies? Because I feel like I should. Maybe we should gush about that one. Let's gush about it. You want to just gush about it now? Again? <laughs> Uno mas? It's a good movie. Into that would be funny to revisit. Okay. But. Let's start with my biggest nitpick of, of, of Across the Spider-Verse. I can no longer refer to Into the Spider-Verse as Spider-Verse. I now have to refer to it as Into. This movie is Across and the next one's Beyond. <laughs> and that is my biggest nitpick of the movie. Very good. Okay. <laughs> so what did you think of Across? I thought Across was mostly good. Mostly I enjoyed good. a great deal of it. I, unfortunately, am getting old. And my nitpicks are the nitpicks I've had with every action movie for the last decade in that I can't follow everything anymore, and it sucks. You mean the action itself? Yeah, like, I mean, the editing was fast as hell, and I feel like anybody who has issues with strobing lights was probably shaking like crazy in the theater. I wouldn't go there if you have epileptic concerns. Yeah. And there was no warning at the beginning, which surprised me. But um, tracking the action was insanely difficult. Now, it was probably because I was fourth row on the largest screen in the state. Um, mm. but I didn't have any trouble with it. Now, <laughs> I did have to take the kids to pee like three times. Oh, so no. <laughs> I tried to plan those during action scenes because that's usually when you didn't have. Well, that's not fair. There was there's a lot of plot at every moment of this movie. <laughs> yeah, the plot dump, the uh, the the dumps were done pretty well, except for Miguel's big one about everything. But the rest of them were just kind of like through action, which is my favorite way to see yeah. and understand stuff going on. Well, I um, always hate it when action doesn't move the story forward when it's just. When, when action is there just to look at, I find it very boring. I want to learn about my characters. I want to move the plot forward. Every every motion should be doing something. Yeah, and I think the best scenes are the ones that do double duty, right? Like, I love a really great action sequence where you're also getting character reveal because of the way they're reacting to the situation, and you're Absolutely. getting some plot stuff at the same time. Um, that's how you know you're in, in good hands. Yep. And I feel like this movie did that very well. I enjoyed... Uh, I enjoyed the bulk of it, and it wasn't until the last four minutes when they kept montaging people at different moments. It felt like, I don't know, it felt like the end of an episode of 24 where they're, like, covering everybody at once where I was like, oh, hell, I forgot this is a two-parter. Like, so, it just, oh, it, out of the blue, completely forgot, completely forgot. That'll 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 just wreck you, mess you up. See, I knew that, and I know a lot of people were not happy when the movie just ends because the movie just ends. Yeah, I think the the ending is quite long for an ending, and that's the only time I checked my watch during the movie was just like, this can't be over yet, can it? And then I was like, oh, hell, it said part one in the teaser. I saw that one time, didn't it? 
And then I was like, oh, everyone's about to be really mad. And sure enough, there were groans. And what? And as soon as that to be continued faded and it got dead quiet, of course, said, damn, like wicked loud and got a whole bunch of laughs. Which is uh, the only thing that keeps me going these days. <laughs> That's not true. My large popcorn is what keeps me going. Brendan, I love popcorn so freaking much, but I did not refill during this movie, despite my love of that crunchy snack. That crunchy buttery mm. goodness. My goodness. Uh, uh, I, 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 think, I love uh, the movie. I, I, I mean, I... Jeez, look, I, I know it ends abruptly, and I get that, but I think it's damn near perfect. I, uh... It... it In this binge culture, we can sit longer. Like, it's all good. (laughs) We've said it before, but uh, best best morality tales in film these days are are Spider-Man movies. I mean, it's just such a lovely exploration of morality and family and... Family. Oh. Yeah. I, I loved it. Yeah, man. I think, too, anytime I see Phil Lord and Chris Miller's names on screen, I just inherently trust them, mostly because mm-hmm. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs was so damn good. Oh, and were they, I, and then they in, right or That direct? was them, yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, both. Both, okay. I didn't know that. And then, that. of course, Into the Spider-Verse and the Lego Movie. I never saw the Lego Movie 2. Is it? Is it acceptable? It's fun, yeah. Oh, okay, fun. I'll check it out. Um, the first one's better, but it's, the second one's great. Well, sure. Uh, and then, you know, Lego Spider-Man had a really brief appearance here. <laughs> you know that was done by a 14-year-old all by himself? No. Yeah. Yeah, that was done just in some kid's home. Oh, these guys. I know. <laughs> so good. The one talk that I heard them give about Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs was they the biggest thing for them with that movie was everybody who worked at that building had a chance to say something, which is the Pixar model we all know, but they had even some one of them had even referenced like the janitor had an idea one day, we implemented it, it's in the movie. Like that kind That's of thing. That's awesome. So great. they are the greatest collaborators ever. I can't think of the last time I saw a movie that had three directors uh, in the credits. That was kind of well, a surprise to me. And we talked about this on when we talked about Into the Spider-Verse is most times when you see this many creative people on a movie, it sucks because usually it means it's too many it's, cooks, too many cooks. It means it's great by committee. But there is something about it that does really feel like there's a huge amount of collaboration because they're. Like the first one, and one of my favorite things about the first one is the themes and the plot and the story fold back on itself and reveal itself in this almost fractaline way as they just unfold new new things. Um, we'll talk some spoilers later, but it recontextualized his things in the first movie in really cool ways that seem planned. And I would be shocked if they were planned, but they sure do seem that way. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think, um, well, first off, I have the theme now to Too Many Cooks stuck in my head, so that was a mistake saying that out loud. It takes a lot to make a stew, but when it comes to me and you. Sorry. And him and her and baby too, which is, you know, just like in this film. Um, I think I'm always looking for those set up and payoff moments, and I think that some of the things that were set up will obviously be paid off in part two. Um, there will be – there is a good – I feel like already – there's a good way to edit this into one ginormous thing with all three. I can kind of see a way in, kind of. Maybe I'm not. sure you could do it. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people took the cynical view that it was for money, but I didn't. I wouldn't want to cut a single thing out of this movie personally. Hopefully yeah, no. they have they they nail it with a third movie. But to me, every beat in this movie felt necessary and important. Um, 
and I and I felt it. I I felt this movie. This movie, as a, I mean, especially as a as a father, <laughs> hits really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I, indeed. <laughs> I know you could. There's a lot of times you could edit things down. I I I'm glad they didn't. That's just yeah, me. I, I know other people will disagree, but I'm glad they didn't. I think for the two part sake, it makes sense that they wouldn't edit down. I mean, even Empire has kind of a longer ending than, mm-hmm. you know, as far as it, it also has things more of a satisfying ending. Mm-hmm. Empire is a third act, not a part one, and this is a part one more than it is a second act. Absolutely, um, I. Just to start things off with a movie like I was hook line singer in with that drum solo, I've been trying to find like just that song with the solo over it, the and I haven't found it yet. Uh huh. Oh yeah, that's just we're gonna have it is so up my alley. My goodness, I don't think that's, I think let me figure the opening scene wouldn't be too much, but yeah, just like the drums, the way she's playing it is actually hitting appropriately, the right toms and crashes and all that. Um, and the, the conversation over it, just like, oh, I was so in. And I almost didn't make this movie on time because the guys that I went and saw with were very late. So it was like 7.08 and I was at a 7 o'clock show and I was just like, dang it, I can't miss a minute of this. Like, But I missed all the trailers, so I was pretty happy for that. And that, like, We literally sat down. This chick was in my seat. And I was just like, oh, wrong seat. And she's like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. And like, it was a re- she was fully reclined already. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm an F14. She's like, oh, am I on the wrong one? I'm sorry, I'll hop over. It was the slowest movie recliner. She's like, come on, come on. I'm like, don't panic. It's totally cool. <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm hurrying. <laughs> and as soon as she hopped out, I hopped in. I said, thanks for warming it up. Boom. Sony pictures popped up. I was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> good time. Good time. Oh, so good timing. Um, yeah, just, I mean, just all the, the, um, the way that it pops, all the different logos across all the different multiverses. Just, you know what you're there. direction. Like, not we won't talk spoilers right now, but yeah, just purely from the fact that the movie has a so the first movie different characters had different art styles, mm-hmm. and the fact that they took that and applied it towards entire worlds, I can't imagine how much work they spent making this movie look as good as it does. Oh, absolutely! They have yeah. blown up animation arts. And it was the first movie, and they took it even further with this one. It was stunning to look at. Mm-hmm. One of the directors, uh, Joaquim Dos Santos, if you look at his top build credits, almost everything he's ever worked on ever is all comic books, mm-hmm. comic book adaptations and TV shows where he worked on like storyboards and things like that. One of the top ones, of course, was Avatar The Last Airbender. He worked in the art oh, department sure. for two years, uh, Legend of Korra as well. Um, this wasn't the first thing he directed. He did like Green Arrow. He directed a little bit of Avatar: The Last Airbender, some Justice League Unlimited. Um, so I think like here's somebody who has this excellent library of great shells already. Like now bringing that talent to a full feature that will be on screen and not our directed DVD thing, or directed video, whatever they call it these mm-hmm. days. Um, and then you had Ken Powers. Literally, his he has like three credits, and one of them is uh, Soul by Pixar, which was. A totally fine Pixar film. Very just, enjoyable. Yeah, very good. good. Um, and then another guy, the third guy, Justin K. Thompson, he also was in animation departments galore. Um, a lot of things that um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller worked on, 
before, but he was also like he did an episode of Samurai Jack. He did Powerpuff mm-hmm. Girls. He did all these other shows. So um, kids just started watching Powerpuff Girls. They're really enjoying it. Oh, so good to hear. Yeah, it's great. I gotta get my hands on the CW live action adaptation pilot because I'm sure it's a mess. I would love to catch to the check that out. Oh, that'd be a joy. They, that'd be what, a they canceled that two weeks ago. Oh, did it? How many Officially, episodes aired? None. Oh, none. Okay. None. none. <laughs> no, but, uh, Google. but it's been like always on the horizon to be aired for like, three years or something. They oh finally gosh. said, no, it's not happening. Um, yeah, I mean, you can you can see it in this that this is a bunch of people just reveling in their craft. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and, and, and nobody's telling them no. They're just able to do what they want to do. I was reading uh, somebody tweeted on how they animated uh, Punk Rock Spider Man. Uh, what what's what's his name? Hobie. 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 Yeah, <laughs> it's absurd. So Hobie's animated on I think. Was the twos, but his jacket's animated on the threes, and his guitar is animated on the fours, and his guitar like they had rules for different parts of his body, which made the whole thing look bizarre. But of course, because it's Hobie, you can break those rules whenever you need to. Absolutely, it's just it kind of makes you wonder what the budget was for the whole thing. I don't think it. I mean, it was not nothing, but it it was less than a lot of. I mean, the things. number I see is a hundred million dollars, and I don't believe it. So I, I have, I take issue with that listing, Wikipedia. But it's all user generated anyway. Um, I, I, yeah, the the different animation styles. I love that they brought in. How far do I want to go with this? No, nah, that'd spoil uh, something. Are we ready for that? Well, it's I a very good movie. It's, it's a, a very movie. good movie. Um, it it take, ends abruptly. Take the kids. Yeah, know. like that's that's fair. Uh, I don't remember seeing a lot of blood. Viol- you know, it's comic book fights. If you if you take your kids to see Marvel movies, you'll be just fine. I took my three-year-old. He had a great time. He had to pee, though. He had to pee a lot. <laughs> you know, let's see. When to pee during movie. Let's see if they... They should probably have this one already listed. Yeah, runp.com. Okay. Uh, do they have... These are pretty old. Yeah, Spider-Verse. Okay. Uh, when should I pee... During the Spider Verse, the credits—that's not fair. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably accurate. There's a lot going on here. I need to see. There it are again three, and they only it. recommend the second pee time. This is absurd. I, I need to see it again because I definitely miss stuff because of my pee breaks. Oh my gosh, this is uh, ridiculous. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> um, but yeah, great film overall. Um, we are gonna get to some spoiler stuff. And one the thing I wanted to say that I felt was spoiled territory was my favorite art style was the live action stuff they incorporated. Honestly, not that was just really Donald, cool, wasn't it? Not just the Donald Glover Prowler bit because he was supposed to be Miles Teller or something. Maybe he was before. No, he was Prowler in the uh, or he was um, what's his uncle's name? He wasn't Prowler, but Uncle he was, Aaron. He was Uncle Aaron in uh, Homecoming. I remember there was a talk. Yeah, there were talks long, long ago. Oh, I remember that now. That's He's right. in Homecoming. I remember right when Community was kicking off and he was Childish Gambino that they but, were talking about doing a live action back then, early com- 2000s. But that Community, that that talk of casting into Spider-Man is the reason Miles Morales exists because there was such a call for an African-American Spider-Man. Mm, okay. And so they created Miles Morales because of Donald Glover. 
I did not know that. I oh, thought he yeah, existed no, beforehand. This is, this is a wonderful full circle having him in this movie. It becomes full Donald circle. Donald Glover is, uh, in a lot of ways, Miles Morales' father. And then he played Uncle Aaron in Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, Tom Holland, you know, sticks oh, him to the wow. trunk of that car. Do you not remember Oh, that that's right. Okay, yep, maybe yep, I'm uh, th- And he talks about how he has a nephew back in Brooklyn. He refers to Miles in that scene. I remember that now. Yeah. So wow. having him show up as Prowler was so cool. <laughs> or even the the Venom cut to. Yes. Yeah. Which was great. I had to explain that to my wife because she has no desire to see Venom, and I, it's hard to blame her. They're, they're, they're movies. <laughs> but even just like the Andrew Garfield Uncle Ben, I was like, no way. I know. They're doing this. Oh. Toby a the, little bit. They're probably gonna do Tom Holland in the next one somehow. Maybe he's actually in it. Him. I don't know. They referenced him when. Uh, uh, Miguel says, don't get me started about, uh, Dr. Strange and his nerd back on earth, 1999. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. There, I mean, there were a lot, um, Andy Samberg very briefly as a Scarlet Spider. Is that right? Yeah. So good. I was trying. He, that, oh that's the gosh. clone from the clone saga from the nineties, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. He had his own comic for a little bit. I remember it was just like, I think I had his card, his Marvel card. It was just like, I'm like, this is cool. It's like different than the normal Peter Parker, but <laughs> feelings, feelings. I looked to my left. I looked to my right. <laughs> so good. Um, man. Yeah. I think, uh, the anomaly bit is interesting because I think the canon they're calling out so many, like, I don't want to say like secrets of writing. Cause it's definitely not that. I think everybody knows story structure in their own way, but like the canon moments, like everybody has a canon thing. And I'm just like, yep, that, uh, that definitely is a, a little bit behind the curtain there, but I, I love what you're doing with it. And but that whole, like, yeah. It also plays up to the fact that we're talking to an audience that is very well versed in these things, right? Comic yeah, book absolutely. Canon. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. it's they uh, they didn't talk down to the audience. They really went for it, and and I kind of love this idea. We all know we all know Spider Man's origin story. Um, we don't Peter letting see. Uncle Ben die is let is Bruce Wayne watching his parents get shot. It's right, just, Exa- it's exactly. You know. I don't need to see the pearls fall. I know what happens. <laughs> um, but they took that fact that we know what happens and made that part of the plot. And I love mm-hmm. that. I thought that was a really interesting and cool thing to do. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, when you talked about just all the artwork that they had to put into it, I was even thinking just all the freaking Spider Mans that they had to make. Yeah, you know. Because some are clearly brand freaking new, fully animated, and oh my! Not gosh. just spots on a screen. I heard somebody say they're actually like all individual. Like it seems like everybody's got their own thing going on. Yeah, I like Spider Bite. I think that was her name. She was pretty cool. Um, I specifically like Jason Schwartzman as the spot because even like in the '90s cartoon, Spot gets like one episode. But and they it made was, him scary. I like they and they, they made started him so stupid, which was so so clever. Because you're like, oh, this is the villain of the week, right? He's, He's just saying all this crap. Character, yeah, kicks his own ass and then <laughs> pulls and inside of himself. But that's something I want to talk to too, right? Um, mm-hmm. There's this thing that happens in Marvel movies more and more as it goes on, where they're not allowed to have any. Let any serious moment linger. It's almost always undercut by humor. Mm-hmm. And it feels really like it cheapens it. Right? Yeah. Oh, for and, sure. 
And I, I felt like uh, part of the reason Infinity War and Endgame hit so hard is because that I didn't feel like it was cheapened by the humor as much. Um, right. I, I, this movie is hysterical. It is mm-hmm. really funny, but it never felt like it came at the expense of the plot or the emotional beats. Yeah. That's fair to say. I think, too, that, you know, the movie, the moments that, like, I mean, even the first big laugh I had, of course, was, like, the dad thinking that he's going to jump into that shrinking hall and then just takes the stairs instead. Which, which, which is a, <laughs> it's a callback. Total callback to his son doing the exact same thing as he learns to, <laughs> to, to, to jump. And I love like it. Like father, it's like so son. Good. Mm-hmm. I think, too, one other thing, like, and again, this is all spoiler stuff, but just, like, with the fact that, like, right off the bat, Gwen reveals to her dad that that's who she is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, like, tension from, you know, episode upon episode on episode. They're going to tell the truth. They're going to reveal the secret identity. And, like, we just do it from go. And I love that. We have that. the emotional impact, and so we have, get a movie where you're having to deal with the fallout of that. And it's that sense of isolation that it gives your characters hmm you really feel and especially and, once the dad starts reading the miranda rights you're like oh no you're still gonna arrest her come on well but she says later on when they reconcile that you put on the badge because you know if you don't somebody worse will and that's mm-hmm. why i put the mask on and it's like he's committed to doing what he believes is justice and so in the moment where he has this emotional reaction that's he he falls back to doing his job and look i it's the wrong thing to do but it's also (laughs) the right thing to do and there's something really inspiring about that in its own way Mm -hmm. and that they come to that reconciliation together to realize they're both just trying to help people in the best way they know how and he's going by the book because the going by the book is is how he makes sure he's helping people in a just and honorable way Mm -hmm. absolutely and i mean um, that's sequence <coughs> that we're talking about the the you know them seeing each other again before she heads out like, and she's sitting on the window and he's like she's giving her like evil eyes and it's like through the spider girl's eyes and mm-hmm. he's like are you looking at me she's like yeah I'm looking like right at you but it's like that angry face that only a teenage girl knows how to give, um, yeah that was my that was my tearjerker moment don't, don't do this don't do, don't this. do this to me right now, <laughs> I feel like every any movie worth its salt has that movie where like. You're watching it, and you're like, they're going to make me cry. And you're just like, don't do this. And then they do. Like, for me, it was the otter in Guardians 3 and, you know, walking to the light. Like, in the Dumbledore sequence in Harry Potter, I'm like, don't do this to me. Yeah. Please. <laughs> I, I uh, feel like this movie had two or three of those. It was just mm-hmm. – I, I love the the character motivations. I love the family stuff. I mean, Miles' me Miles's parents are the parents I aspire to be. Uh they're, they're just they're such a great team in raising their son and yeah pushing him but holding him and and I love the moment when his dad says that I think you and I need to grow up a little bit because that's what my son our son needs and yeah I, gotta just, spread yeah. our wings right? right let him spread his wings <laughs> right right I gotta yeah. grow up so that he can grow up and I just really yeah and, and it's, so a, that it's I, a little true but that's it. That's the thing is I could say I could focus in on any one part of this movie and say that it was brilliant, but to have it, it's a great story. It's a well-told story. I really love it. It's well mm-hmm. acted. It's really greatly acted and I adore it. And I really like the character beats and I like the payoffs and setups 
and the animation is stunning. And just the fact that I can say all of it is as good as it is mm-hmm. seems miraculous to me. And Yeah, I think so. I think that I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy. Like we're in a very rare time where like everything I've seen in theaters has been awesome. Because I still think about Morbius. Because I, as soon as I sat down, I looked at the guys. I'm just like, okay, this might not be better than Morbius, but we'll see what we get. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, the last three things I saw in theaters were like, you know, Mario Brothers wasn't easily like, if to use baseball analogy, Mario Brothers was like a double, and then like Guardians Three was like for me like a home run, and then this was like a, easily a triple or a home run. It was just. I've had such great experiences in the theater lately, you know, and it's, it's, there's this, um, this isn't going to go anywhere, but here we go. There's almost a renaissance now of the theater going experience where we have a great deal of artists who realize that everybody is calling for the death of a place, which is the movie theater. And it's almost unlocked a different type of strength in their writing and their directing and their craft and their acting and their music where it is, literally pulling people who would much rather be at home and sucking them out of their house to go back to the movie theater to have an amazing experience. And that just thrills me to no end yeah. because it, I love the theater and I don't ever want to go away. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And we're all in it together. Even like the, the chick who sat in my seat, like by the end of the movie, we're like, wasn't that really good? It was really good. Are you excited for two? Yeah. I don't know when it comes out. It's March. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Like, Oh man, like wow, how about that? And like everyone's talking as we're like leaving the theater. And again, because I'm I'm a jerk, I made one more joke. We walked out. I'm like, man, the next one's 2027. And oh, what do you mean? I was like, no, no, just I actually don't know. It's it's fine. Um, Less than a year away. It is March. Yes, it is March. Yeah, no, I I had to look that up later because I was like, I don't even because so, again, I'm avoiding teasers I, and stuff. I, so. I do wonder. Yeah, I knew that going in that the part two was in March, so it didn't bother me the ending. But man, that would have probably. You almost feel like in a movie like this, you start it with part two's coming out in March. Just so you know. <laughs> I mean, Empire was three years. Back to the Future two to three was two years. So we're getting better <laughs> at doing this. I think part of me can't help but wonder if the entire intention was to do the whole thing in one shot. I like, I think they wrote it as one movie and then it just bloated, got bigger than they could. I mean, the script for one is like but, 165 pages. It's huge. You know, the thing, here's, but the, we're talking about multiverse movies, and think about every other multiverse show we've seen. Everything, um, everywhere, all at once. Was huge. Doctor Strange and the Mayhem of Madness and Mercer Was a movie. Um-bop. I mean, that it was, was a movie that, that a existed. Movie. It existed. Yeah. I so um, I thought a lot about about uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Well, okay. Well, in reference to this, afterwards I kind of thought about it. And that movie didn't. I enjoyed that movie, but it also <laughs> didn't work. Right. Uh, it felt for a movie about the multiverse. It felt very small. Um, that's even, it's a better title for this movie. Yeah. Well, even even uh, Loki, which I really like. I really like Loki. The multiverse itself doesn't feel all that big in Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie felt gigantic, much the way I felt like everything, everywhere, all at once felt gigantic. But even in that one, I feel like you saw less of the multiverse than you do in this one. Um, th- this movie feels big, and it felt like it felt appropriate to recognize that we have to. This movie, in a lot of ways, is introducing the vastness of the world they're playing in so that they can play out the denouement in the next one. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you mentioned the scope of things when you get to that 2099, is it, is it is Miguel's world, right? No, it's, um, 
Where's the hub? The hub of all the those hub is in Miguel's people. world. Okay, yeah. so that's in Miguel's world. That was one of the biggest places I feel like I've ever seen in a movie. It felt huge. Just, it felt humongous because like there's this whole upper world, and then there's a whole like subterranean mm-hmm. place. And even like I I didn't maybe this is again because it was so fast and I'm so old, but like they were riding a train going straight up or something. I don't know what now, that was for. <laughs> I'm the wrong person to ask because I had a person peeing during the part during that they, po- okay. for the train. <laughs> oh, my my thought was it was it seemed like a space elevator type thing. That was but, my thought. T- it, oh, that was my thought too because that's I'm gonna go see it again without a child who has to pee constantly <laughs> oh my gosh uh so that was one so that was one pee break what were the other pee breaks I don't remember I gotta be honest okay. I don't remember so so did you not get to the part where Miguel says you're the anomaly like no I saw despite... all that I, I, I saw okay, you did I, see I missed, that part I missed okay. the transition to the train I don't think I missed any plot. On the train up, Miguel, like, was really just beating the hell out of him and telling him just, like, you're an anomaly. You're not supposed to be here. That spider wasn't from your universe. Um, It got there by accident. Like, you're not supposed to be Spider-Man. There's another world that doesn't have one because of you and just making him feel like garbage. The exact thing his mom said is going to happen and you need to be prepared for. Yeah, and And then I guess the plot part was... Peter and Gwen, who were like ten feet away. Well, I saw all that. Just okay, okay, yeah. yeah no, no, I did, that I did was the pop part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm saying I, I missed the, the like just the action scene. I was very fast. We were right across from the bathroom. But did but, you see them all pointing at each other? I did. I did. Oh, I burst out laughing. That's still one of so my favorite post-credit scene is Spider-Man ooh, 2099 ooh. pointing at <laughs> the, the, uh, the original. Yeah. Um. So, but even. Like I said, it contextualizes the first film. I mean, to for first off, I think it's funny that they made Spot the guy that got hit by a bagel. But somebody pointed out, and I was not aware of it until after the fact, but like months ago, it was a theory that at the very first meeting between Miles and Peter A. Parker, Spider-Man in the first movie, they have their Spidey sense going. And Miles is purple and green. And Peter's is blue and red, and then Miles becomes blue and red. I didn't catch that. So he had the Prowler colors, and he meets Peter, and they become Peter's colors. Oh. Which wow. is, if that was in, on purpose, that's inspired to be thinking that far ahead. Man. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Just oh yeah, just a great flick. Just a great flick. These guys can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like anything I go to, whether it be Twenty One Jump Street or, um, even Last Man on Earth. I saw a little bit of that. I thought it was pretty darn funny. I was reading about how their uh, their uh, Twenty One Jump Street Men in Black movie got canned. Today. That makes sense. Well, <laughs> it sounds like it was going to be amazing, but do, uh, do you know why it was canned? I, I didn't no. know it until today. It was canned because they had all the producers of 21 Jump Street and all the producers of Men in Black were all gigantic producers and they couldn't get enough money to pay all the producers of both franchises. Yeah, that makes sense. Which uh, is a silly reason to not be able to make a movie. But I mean, yeah, I probably am I allowed to say this? Maybe there was somebody I know that uh, had a pitch for 
a Pleasantville TV series and it got pretty far and, and it was one of those like none of the producers could agree to like the money. And so yeah. it just didn't happen. It's like, oh, that sucks. You're greedy assholes. But then there is a strike going on, <laughs> several sure. from my understanding, um, which is I think is really going to change things, as John Locke, might, John Locke might suggest. But I know that they're working on Project Hail Mary, so I, I know how you feel about that one. Who knows? They can make it really fun. <laughs> it, it, it truly could be a better movie than it was a book. I didn't like mm-hmm. it. I thought that book annoyed me. Yeah. So. So. Great freaking flick. Um, yep. I'm gonna anything, go see it again else? as soon as I can. Very good. Yeah. Um, I I think uh, yeah that about wraps it for Spider Man. But I want I want to say that I am I'm really intrigued by the idea of an Oppenheimer Barbie <laughs> double. I'm showing. doing it. I'm gonna do it that Saturday. Gosh. Do Oppenheimer first, then Barbie. I feel like it should be the other way around. <laughs> Thematically, you might be right. It was more of a length thing. I think that we were thinking. Did you think, um did you see that TikTok I posted of like the uh, the pe- people who watch Bob? <laughs> it was a TikTok and it just said on the top people who are watching Barbie in one theater and the next theater. Oh, I did is see that. Yes, I did yeah, see that. Yeah, that's Aunt May. Our father who are <laughs> she screams at the explosion. I uh, think thematically you're right, but after three hours of Oppenheimer, I think it's better to go light than to go. Is dark. it a three hour flick? I believe so. Let me see. I'm still reading that Nolan book, um, and I'm really liking it a lot because I mean the guy just he thinks so deeply. Sure, well, I was um, I was reading his recommendations on the exact seats to sit in the movie theater to get to get the optimal viewing experience, and he was like, "If you're in this kind of theater, this is where you want to sit. If you're in this kind of theater, this is where you want to sit." Yep, that yep, runtime three hours. Yep, that sounds like him. He he just he thinks through all of those things, and I. I think too, there's a point where he makes these short films, and they do film festivals. Then he makes, um, I can't think of the full feature. His full first feature, checking, checking. checking. We're not. Yeah, I don't remember what it uh, is. Blah, blah, We're not blah, talking blah. Memento or the one right before Memento. The, the, following, the, following. So yeah. he does following. It does great at Slam Dance. That gets him meetings in Hollywood. Have you seen he that? Then I did see following, yeah, a long Is it time worth ago. Worth watching? Yes, yes, I'd say it's worth watching. You know, it's 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 a very indie start of the career it's a kind of flick. Film. Oh, was he a student at the time or just out? He was just out. I think he. If 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 Across the Spider Verse is a hundred, uh-huh. and a student film at your typical film college is like a seven, uh huh, it's like a forty-two. Okay. Okay. It's I, like I didn't mean it as a more talented thing. than just, you would suspect a student meant, film to be. <laughs> I didn't mean it as a talent thing or a quality thing. I meant it as a timeline thing. Oh. Okay. Yeah. No. It, it, totally fine. It's actually quite short. Um. But because of that movie, like he, um, got meetings and he sold. I think he either optioned or he sold Memento and then got to direct it. And they, there's there's something about this story that isn't told in the book where it's like you made this movie following for like $6,000. It was nothing. It's what they had. Like they literally would shoot a shot, like one take, like they rehearsed like crazy. They could just do one take. Cause it was on 16 millimeter. Save the film. Uh, and again, yeah. And again, it was like, it was something, it was like a very small number for the, but yeah, $6,000 with the budget because of that. And it does well at slam dance. He gets meetings, options, uh, memento, 
And then you look at Memento, and you see it's quite the expensive production. You're like, how'd that jump work? How did you go from a $6,000 budget to like a $20 million budget? Like, how did that happen? I think it's because it was the timing. I think they were more apt to take those risks back in the day of the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, But I suppose you see more... I'm rambling. I suppose you see more of that nowadays with like Jurassic World, where like the movie but they did before that was worth like a $750,000 budget, and then here's Jurassic Park and $200 million. You know, yeah. so I think I think it's definitely possible, but I'm enjoying hearing how he thinks and the way that he like dwells on dreams and journals like crazy and loves to like he just loves to read like fiction and understand science and all these things. So I just I I really like him as a director. Tenet is oh. still really enjoyable to me. I've only seen Dunkirk the one time. It's Dun- Dunkirk gets better every time you watch it. Does it really? OK, I, I think Dunkirk is brilliant. Cool. Um yeah, I'm a big Dunkirk fan. Um, Not so much Man of Steel gets better, but yeah. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, no, I really like Dunkirk. Um, thing is, I I'm fascinated by the Manhattan Project. It has mm-hmm. been a been a point of interest for me for a long time. Um, and I the first trailer I I did you have you watched any trailers for Oppenheimer? I did. First one, I did watch one, yeah. First one seemed too heroic and optimistic. The second one seemed to capture the tone. I'm. It's a. It's, <laughs> it's a scary concept. It's a. It's a scary project. It has scary implications. Um. The notion of men being ninety nine point seven percent sure they're not going to destroy the planet when they run a test is terrifying. It's terrifying. Yep, absolutely. I'm with you. And um, I can't wait to see it. Immediately followed by Barbie and Ken. Barbie <laughs> and Ken. I did see that trailer where he's just like, uh, like, can I spend the night? She's like, sure. What are we going to do? And he's like, do? I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, did you hear they, they made a run on pink paint? No. What? They bought so much pink paint for the Barbie movie that they caused a shortage across the world. And people were running wow. for pink paint. That's absurd. Yeah. Oh, that makes me smile. It's great. <laughs> so it's a great time for movies. It's a great. It's a it great is. time for movies. People, please hear me. It's a great time for movies. There's a lot of great things out there. Um, did I ask about Bo's Afraid yet? I was gonna tell you about it, whether you asked or not. Um, you, you were talking about the the experience of watching a, a theater, a movie with a group of people. Um, mm-hmm. I will cherish and hold dear my bow is afraid viewing for the rest of my life <laughs> cool that was an experience and i think i love it but at the very end of that the so at the very end of the movie okay so like the last 20 minutes of the movie there came a point where i realized my mouth was going dry because my jaw had been open for so long Wow. And I've never had that happen before. I was just, <laughs> like, I could not believe what I was seeing. And then the credits roll, and nobody got up during the credits. We all just sat there. And then it went to black, and the guy sitting to the back and in, in right of me stands up, and he looks at the theater with his hands on his hips, and he goes, well, guys, we've all experienced something together. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. 
I loved a friendship it. that would last a lifetime. I, lo- I loved it. <laughs> I, lo- I, I think. I think. I know. I, I, I put this on Facebook, but I know, I, I've never experienced something where I knew for certain, with absolute certainty, that I would never experience something like that ever again. That There's was the only time in my life by the end I knew I will never experience anything like this again. Even, even my wedding day, my kids are going to get married. And that'll have similar feels. My grandkids will be born. That'll have similar feels. Nobody could copy this movie. You try to copy it, and it wouldn't be the same as the first time you watched this. It's just, it was that 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 is my Bo is afraid moment, and I will never have it again. Interesting. You know anything all about got, this movie? We've all got monsters in the attic. I can leave it at that. Oh, you know the monster. Um, okay, I do. Um, yeah, yeah. I did. I think it was called Disappointment Boulevard initially. In the, in the attic. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I, I read the whole moviespoiler.com post because I'm just I'm like I'm not gonna I just it's not for you it's not for you. Here's the here's the fact that I don't. It's not for you, Jen. Here's <laughs> don't do this. Here's the thing that I. <laughs> well, that's I, the same I have, episode, isn't it? It is. Yeah. 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 Here's the thing that I don't admit, but and I've never admitted, but here it is. I have never truly sat through and watched an entire Ari Aster film. I only That's pretend fair. like I have. That's fair. Look, Ari Aster's not for everyone, man. It's not with the with the hereditary poll thing. I was like, no more. I'm good. That poll was the most horrifying thing I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Midsummer, the sister with the thing in her mouth. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I don't remember that. That's how it opened. The sister killed oh, herself yep, with yep, the host yep, thing. It. Yep. Um, but then I even I would just I would try later and like the hammer with the old look, person. Nope. I'm like. <laughs> nobody. All I'm gonna, saying is, I like horror, kind of. Nobody's gonna look at you and say, "Well, you don't like Ari Aster, so you're not a movie fan." I mean, those movies. Oh, I know, I know. Those movies <laughs> have a niche, and if you're not part of that niche, please don't watch them. Well, yeah, I th- I think it's it's good to be aware of what's going on because I feel like What's Her Bucket from Midsummer now has a massive career, and like a mm-hmm. big chunk of that was that movie. Sure, um, she was great in it. And and you know, not to call back to um, what I said a couple of episodes ago about my father being like, there's no good movies anymore. I'm just like, oh, I could give you like a list of 50 from the last like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading this book that I really liked called The uh, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It's probably my favorite nonfiction book of the year. I mm-hmm. went and bought the hardcover as soon as I could. It was so good. And it came out in like 2019, so it was all new to me though. But um, – the guy in there talks about that we're officially at a point where there's too much good stuff to watch and we really uh, have to TV, pick our battles. Yeah, that. yeah TV. Very that's strong. what it was. It was TV. He's like, everybody's talking about these three shows. He's like, I don't have the bandwidth to watch any. He goes, so I just have to be that person who's outside of that scope. Yeah. And I mean, I have, there's a certain streaming service that I purchased that is about to run out and I bought it to watch one movie on it. And I still have not seen that one movie on it. Cause there's just so I much great content. It's really I difficult. Um, I I pay for Paramount Plus just because I really am, am enjoying Picard at the moment. I, I was a Trekkie mm-hmm. at, as a young boy, and I'm still kind of living that out. But, like, I've tried other shows on there. Like, I was really hopeful that Rabbit Hole would be good because I love Kiefer Sutherland so much. But the first episode is still confusing. I don't know if I'll keep going. Um, what was the other one I just started? Honestly, I, I watch Paramount Plus because it has the Smithsonian channel. And I sure. just put on air america and i watch the little helicopter fly over the different states and talk about the that's special awesome. things about those states. that's awesome that but sounds I, great 
We've seen the first two of Citadel just because your your time becomes like what you can watch as a couple, and Citadel yeah. is like the most ridiculous thing since Alias, but like not in a great way. Mm. Uh, I just but I love Stanley Tucci, and I still watch you know Stanley Tucci's Rome, and it's just, there's a lot of good stuff, but I can't catch it all. So I mean, and most of the there, podcasts listen to fast speed audiobooks, fast speed. Cause there's a balance. I feel like that's because. I, oftentimes there's so much good stuff that I don't watch any of the new stuff. I just watch the comfort food. So I got to make myself go out of my comfort zone sometimes. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm not feel bad at the fact that you work hard and you get tired at the end of the day and you need to watch something that makes you feel happy. Well, even like video games, like I, I when I came back from uh, Michigan, I just sat down and I just crushed Uncharted 4 for like three hours. Yeah. And I'm in the last section of that game and I just enjoyed the hell out of it so much. Sure. Um, and that's how far behind I am. Like, I'm not going to get Tears of the Kingdom until probably 2029. I know. And that's I'm, why. I'm, I'm trying to think when I'm going to get to that one. I, I got RE4, Resident Evil 4 remake, and I played it three months straight, and I beat it like eight times. Oh, my God. It became comfort food. By the end, I was beating it in two hours. <laughs> I sent you that video. I drank a beer. I drank another. I had another beer. <laughs> and it's all the Resident Evil copies. Resident Evil 4 remakes. Oh, that yeah, was a yeah, while yeah, ago. yeah, 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 yeah. 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 There's something about it, but no, uh, watching horrifying horror is not for everyone. I do believe there are horror movies for everyone. Yeah. I do not believe the genre of horror writ large is for everyone. I have my limits. Um, I will never watch terrifier. It's never going to happen. I'll never watch on your 20 days of Sodom. It's not going to (laughs) happen. Like, right. (laughs) There are lines there are lines. And uh, or martyrs, but so Ari Aster, that kind of horror, the the stuff that you feel deep inside and it really disturbs you, I find mm-hmm. that cathartic. It, I I leave the theater Interesting. happier. It's not because I I'm happy because I saw horrifying things. It is a it is a very cathartic experience for me. And if you don't feel that catharsis, I don't know why you'd put yourself through that. I think that what I what has really brought me to horror is the really well written stuff, like yeah. the themes of the thing are so incredible that like I could watch that all the time because it really is about trust and your, do you trust your fellow man? Mm -hmm. And here's the ways that we explore that. I thought that was super well done. Um, Facebook reminded me of something recently that like eight years ago, seven or eight years ago, I watched arrival and just had like the greatest time. And I was like, I love that there's not adults just screaming at each other. Everyone's just like calm and talking like 9.5 out of 10. That movie's so damn good. I'd follow you. Dude, Dune 2. Oh, I, I saw the poster, and I was like, mm. it was right next to the Five Night at Freddy's poster, and I was like, why? Put it next to something like Oppenheimer. <laughs> Come on. Coming out. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of interesting uh, – like, because sometimes I don't often read the movie news because, again, I like, I like being surprised with things. But then, like, you you the poster selections in the theaters, you learn so much about what's coming up and, mm-hmm. like, all these new DreamWorks movies I didn't know about. And Man, there's, I, look, I – I get annoyed at movie news. Like I, I check. You, you, you can't. You can't. Mm. Dude, I know every damn cameo in the upcoming Flash movie, and I have sought out none of them. I did not look for any of them, and I know everything that happens in that damn movie. Gosh, I've tried so hard. I've tried. I tried, I didn't see anything, and then I caught like, Good Morning America or something was like, Michael Keaton is back in the new Flash. I was like, Fuck! you didn't even know that. No, I did not. Wow, that's that's impressive. I will give you that's impressive. 
I didn't know f it. I didn't know anything. I didn't do this. <laughs> I no, make time no, for okay. that I show, am, but I haven't I am, started season three. I am really impressed that you didn't know that Michael Keaton was in that movie. I mean, I knew Michael Keaton was going to be in that movie six years ago. <laughs> oh, dude. Head, Head Under the Rock is a great place to live. The only thing I want to see Michael Keaton in moving forward is a, is a Batman Beyond feature. Like, before he dies, like... Give me the Batman Beyond feature. Let me write it. it it'll never happen. No, it's, uh, I think you should leave season three is great. Um, you have to watch it eight times. I've only seen the egg thing, the egg game. <laughs> I just keep giving this guy like all these eggs. What's wrong? What the hell are you talking about? This isn't pornography. That's a new <laughs> egg I won from my game. <laughs> I'm using a little bit on your computer. I think it should be fine. <laughs> like that lady's horrified look on her face. And I, I can't, because I, I still don't watch The Office because the cringe is too much for me, but, like, the cringe in this show is, like, right at the level. Like, the ghost, it's the haunted house where they could swear, I was like... it's a big difference. It's yeah. 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 You're right. You're right. Um, so Did actually, you watch that one about the day Robert something shot me? Did you see that one? I've, I've seen... Dude, I've got I've got season one and two memorized. Uh, the skeleton, and their bones are their money. Just, oh, my gosh. I, Dying. I, I got a... I got a... I support Corn Cobb. TV bumper sticker on my car. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there's uh, worse on the nightly news. Oh, uh, and there's a certain genius in that man. <laughs> so, so it's, I think it's funny you bring this up. Bo is afraid, and I think you should leave. Is the same show. It's both people with social anxiety uh, experiencing. One of Bo is the horror of social anxiety. It's a horror movie where the horror is anxiety. And I mm-hmm. think you should leave is the people with social anxiety uh, going on the tangents of events playing out in their mind. Like, what if I did this? What if I eating the this cheeseburger? The yeah. What if? What if? What I if think everybody's had respond? that moment where they're at a party constantly. and they're talking. They're talking to you're talking to somebody at a party and you're listening really intently what they say. And in the back of your mind, you're like, I should punch this guy right in the face. Right. Why would I do that? What would that be like? And there's actually a, a web comic where the guy does. He's like, Wow, that was so invigorating. Maybe I should do it again. Well, <laughs> like, I, I've always thought the show also reminds me of the when you're in the car and you think this is what I should have said, but he says it in the moment and it plays out into absurdity. It's oh, it's so good. It's so good. What, don't you know how to drive? No. What? Not everybody knows how to do everything. Driving's not <laughs> the only thing. <laughs> okay, yelled at me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I we So we've gone way off track, which is which is the happiest place to be. So listen, we covered, uh, across, we covered Spider-Man Across. We've covered uh, the theater-going experience as of late. We covered Bo's Afraid, absurdist uh, comedy. We covered really dark horror films. Uh, my ranting and ramblings about Chris Nolan. Um we didn't cover generic. We didn't cover the, the soda, a generic soda brand. What did that wonderful little? Um, oh right, not an, in spider. It was the billboard. It's not an Easter egg. It was like actually like right there in the film. But yeah. um, that made me smile all sorts of big. Um, I had one of the things I said about the movie, but now I can't think of me for the life of me what it was. I really wanted to hear Sunflower, like even just for a second. Sure. Just because sure. I love that damn song. We've got the um, first soundtrack on vinyl. We've been playing it a lot of late. Cool man, oh that's awesome. That's terrific. Um, speaking of like super dark horror, I am currently reading a manga called Berserk, and the genre is oh I've always wanted fantasy. to read that. It it might be too much for me. I don't I know. I've heard it's. I've seen. I've seen images from it. It looks like a lot. 
Oh, you Sorry, got him. it. You just got the it. Game just came through. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, stop asking. You just to take the wheel. <laughs> oh, that's going in the show notes. That's delightful. Um, but yeah, uh, great movie. And there's a lot of great movies coming out, and there's and there's great shows. Um, I finished. I did finish a show. What show? I finished. Um, it was an anime I talked about for a really long time called Jobless Reincarnation. I finally finished it. It is. Uh, I would recommend to about seventy percent of the people who are listening to this because, like, it it's Jobless Reincarnation. Jobless Re. Okay. Um, what it is is this otaku lonely fat guy gets hit by a car and dies, and he wakes up in this fantasy world like as a baby with all the knowledge he has from being from like living like thirty years in uh-huh. Japan. Um, but it's really creative because even though he's 30 ish. Okay. So he's doing part two spoilers. Ooh. Um, so, so he's uh Paul's sister ish. <laughs> Just the fact that like, um, but, he, but even though that's occurred, he still like has these big emotional moments that happen to him. Sure. That work on a child, but also work as a 30 year old as a child as a 30 year old. like, Oh hell like, I'm learning like that thing. So it was. There were really good parts that were written. Then there are other parts where just like this is a culturally unacceptable thing that's happening right now, and I'm not into it at the moment. Moments that occur, but there's like two, and then you just get on with your life. Well, there's like four because he's like a 33 year old guy who's like a super perverted pervert, mm-hmm. but he's like as an eight year old kid saying saying those same things and wanting to see things, and it's like, oh come on, man. That sounds but, like anime at times. <laughs> It almost sounds like, yeah, it's like mostly anime all the time. Um, but that was really good. And then I also finished, um, I can't remember. I watched some, I, yeah, I'm trying to catch. Oh, I started Picard. I said that. Um, mm-hmm. Read that book. Six volumes into that manga. I can't remember what else I finished. I'm sure I'll talk about it in a different episode and pretend that I just finished it. It'll be exciting. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I uh, I finished reading Hyperion. It's great. I need to get to the second one, but I don't know when I'm going to be able to do that. I read all of that volume of Weird you recommended me. with uh, the And how was that? Yeah. Some of them Wonderful. were better than others, but I enjoyed yep. the heck out of the whole thing. Wonderful. Um, I, I love short fiction, and I, I love the I love the Weird is still running after all these years. I mean, that zine was started in what, like the 30s? Yeah, I think it. I think it might have died for a while, maybe. I don't know, but I know John picked it up. That's um, that's so cool. Jonathan Mayberry, and I'm enjoying um, it. Um, and yes, like when you said short fiction, I was like, yes, Ted, Ted Chang, is that how you say it? Ted Chang, love Ted Chang. Yes, right. yes, like everything. All of his shorts are like excellent. Like reading uh, Exaltation story, you're like, oh, I'm I, like this I, guy. Have you listened to that? I read both. Oh, I, I I've just I got Exhalation on audiobook, and I was redoing that again recently. It's so good. It's so good. And he's um, so good. He hasn't done a lot lately, but he's great. But he's everything great. he does is brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'm reading, I, I picked up this. Uh, it's the uh, the two-volume version of, of Nausicaa. <gasps> oh, pretty. And it's fabulous. Uh, I, I it It's weird. So the, the movie basically goes up to the end of the first volume. Or the first, like, maybe a fourth of the way through the total manga story. And then wow. it ends. So it's all new. It's been great. It's, it's it's really like a war story. It's been great. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, shoot, everybody. Thanks for yeah. listening to our rambling. Go see Spider-Man. <laughs> go see Spider-Man. And then go see... Uh... Don't go see Bo's uh, Afraid. 
No, I was going to say, I was like, go see Spider-Man. And then when you walk out of the theater and see the Little Mermaid poster, just keep walking. Just keep walking. And then go see something else. It's just, I think he's, I'm done with the remakes. No. Uh, Ironically, what the, the one guy who isn't Phil Lord and Chris Miller, Dave something, Chalham, I think the third mm-hmm. writer in Across, uh, Spider-Man Across, um, he wrote the upcoming Hercules live action remake. Yeah, I don't care. So. <laughs> I'm... I'm <laughs> Disney's out of ideas. What an original comment on Reddit. Um, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of... So, just, oh. go see something. Something. There's go a lot of good... Something. There just aren't any good movies made these days. That's the problem. <sighs> I'm really excited for the Padre Pio movie now. I really am. Because yeah. Shia LaBeouf, the one clip that I saw is like my favorite thing. All right. Well, you'll have to tell me how it is. I will. No worries. No worries. Uh, well, thanks everybody Yeah, for listening. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate your listening. We appreciate your likes. Catch us on Facebook and, uh, we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.